Hi, thanks for joining us online. We're glad that you've chosen to access this message. It's so encouraging to know that God is using the ministry of Portico Community Church to touch the hearts and lives of people all across the world. If you have a story to share or a prayer request, we would love to hear from you at info at porticocanada.ca. To support our ministry, you can donate online by clicking on the Donate button at the top right of your screen. Once again, we're so glad that you've joined us. It's our prayer that this message from God's Word will deeply impact your life. So great that you're with us. We've been going through a series called Breakthrough. And so we're going to dive right in uh, in our series. So if you've got your Bibles, open up to Matthew 8. Matthew 8. And we're going to start at verse 23, Matthew 8, 23. We've been doing a, a series on breakthrough, which is essentially a, a series on prayer, talking about prayer. And the, the amazing thing is we know that every great thing starts with prayer. And if you want to see a breakthrough in your life, first response is prayer. You will see a breakthrough in your life if you pray. And so uh, I just encourage you, if you are here today and you're needing a breakthrough afterwards, we're going to spend some time in prayer and uh, we're going to spend some time together uh, as a family, as all of us who are in this room together, your family. And we're going we're gonna to be praying for that breakthrough, that, that tough thing that's going on in your life that you could use prayer for, whether it's healing, whether it's uh, something uh, mental, emotional, physical, whatever that is, we are praying for a breakthrough today. And the incredible thing is over the last number of weeks that we've been doing this series is that we've actually been seeing breakthrough happen in our campus and in our other campuses as well. And so this is, this is legit stuff here. So we're going to just trust and believe that God is something good for us in store. We come with expectation today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Here's what the Bible says in Matthew 8, if you've got it open, 8.23. It says, then he got into a boat, talking about Jesus, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a ferocious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And he replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of of man is this. Even the wind and the waves obey him. See, the reality is, is all of us here, we all know about storms of life. It doesn't matter who you are, you can encounter this, whether it's on what seems like a regular basis or once in a while. Storms in our life, storms are are an unavoidable reality in my life. It's an unavoidable reality in your life, and it hits all of us. If we go back in the story, you'll actually see that, that Jesus got onto the boat and the disciples got onto the boat and soon this ferocious storm came up from the lake and the waves were sweeping over the boat. You know, up to this point, you would have disciples that when this happened, it wouldn't have been a surprise to them. They wouldn't be shocked by it. It's not as if they were foolish to go into the storm, right? The Bible says that quickly this giant massive storm unexpectedly caught them without warning. And, and at this point, they didn't panic, 
right? They're not panicking when a storm comes into their life because they understood that this was something that was unavoidable. It was an unavoidable reality that came with being on the sea. And you know, as we talk today about storms of life that we encounter and we talk about breakthrough today, it it reminds me of uh, right now uh, at my house, currently my my wife and I are are starting to baby-proof the entire house. Uh, We've got uh, an 18-month-old son right now and we've got twins on the way. Um, Some of you call us crazy. I say I just love my wife, Okay. Um, and so it's, it's going to be a fun season. It's going to be an amazing season. So what we've done to prepare for this next season is put everything expensive out of reach, right? It's as high as we can get or it's locked away, right? And we won't see it for another probably 21 years, okay? <laughs> Until to- a college tuition comes out and then it's like, oh man, like what are we going to do, Right? Um, but we put everything that's of value really high up or, or away. We've covered every single electrical socket in the house with these little plastic caps, okay? Um, we've child locks. We've got baby gates. We've, we've got, you know, my ninja skills ready to go at any point in time. For those of you who don't know that, dad life, it's true, right? Dads just suddenly when they get kids, they get these random ninja skills that they never had before, right? Bruce Lee is alive and well, right? In my skills. And so we've done all these things to prepare and, and, and we're doing every single measure possible so that they do not get into anything that they shouldn't. Now, the thing to understand is that my wife and I can try our hardest to make sure that the house is as safe as possible and and to make sure that we prevent the kids from getting into anything that they would hurt themselves, that would hurt themselves or anything that they could break. But it's not guaranteed that they won't. Some things you can try your best to avoid, but it doesn't mean that it's completely unavoidable right? Just like, you know, I can put a phone protector on my phone and then accidentally drop my phone. And suddenly that, you know, $50 phone protector doesn't work. And I find a chip or a crack on my phone, right? A lot of you are like, yes, right? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Just like, you know, Each one of us, we drove safely here to get to church today, but it doesn't mean that someone else won't drive safe and prevent us from getting here. Just like all these things, right? Just like like the storm that happened to the disciples, storms of life come suddenly. They come suddenly, they come unexpectedly and can be unavoidable at times. And Jesus actually warns us about these storms of life. And he warns that of these inevitable things that will happen. But the incredible thing that Jesus does is in the midst of the storm, even though he warns us of these things to come, he actually gives us a promise to go along with these warnings. John sixteen thirty three. for those of you who are taking your notes, it says, and this is what Jesus is telling to the disciples and ultimately to us, He says, I have told you these things. I've given you these warnings so that in me, you may have peace. In me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. 
I have overcome the world. Now, what Jesus is saying here when he tells this to the disciples is, hey, 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 listen up, listen up. This world is out of sync. It's out of rhythm, right? It's like me at a wedding. It just doesn't go well with music, okay? It's probably why I became a pastor, right? No, I'm just joking. That's not true. But Jesus is saying this world is out of sync. It's out of rhythm. But if you, if you can have peace in the midst of the storm, you will, ha- you will be in sync with me. If, if, if you start following my rhythm, if you start following my teachings and get into my rhythm of life, get into the rhythm that I've taught you to live, if you get in sync with me, you can have peace in the midst of chaos. And so as believers of Christ, being in rhythm with Christ, when we encounter these unavoidable storms that happen to us all, what do we do? We pray. We pray. And praying doesn't guarantee that the storms will not come. Praying doesn't mean that the the storms will stop. So we don't not pray, but, you know, it's not that the storms will, you know, they, um, when we pray, we don't, uh, we, we have complete trust in God with the outcome is what happens. We, we trust God with whatever, whatever it looks like, whatever what may come about is we just put our trust completely in God because we know he will give us peace to weather any storm. And that's the promise he gives. He warns us of these struggles, but he says, hey, you pray, you get in sync with me, and I'll give you peace in the midst of it. I'll give you an answer because God always gives answers, but it might not be the answer that you're expecting. It might not be the answer that you see in the moment. It might not be the answer that you experience in this life. Another thing that we need to understand is that storms will test the limits of my personal capacity. If you look at our story, the Bible says that suddenly a ferocious storm came up on the lake. Now, if you were to go to the Sea of Galilee today, one thing that you would learn is that the sea is actually below sea level, and it's surrounded by giant hills and deep ravines. And so as a result, when it comes to these storms that happen, it's not a surprise. It's not uncommon for sudden squalls or or giant thunderstorms to happen. It was a common occurrence, and it still is today. And so these professional uh, fishermen, these disciples, would have been used to this happening. They would have seen this storm coming when it, when it just showed up out of nowhere, and they'd been like, hey, it's okay, right? Storms, no problem. That is until this storm happened. And they panicked so much that they actually thought they were going to die. I don't know if you've ever been caught in a storm Um, I remember when I was about uh, 12, 13 years old, um, my my family went to Florida and we were off the coast and uh, a member of our church had this incredible um, boat and uh, he he took us out on this boat and 
It was an amazing trip. My dad caught a, a little, um, I believe it was a, a white-tailed shark. And uh, it was just super cool, right, to be able to just like hold up as a 12-year-old a shark and be like, ah, right? Um, but uh, anyways, the, the, out of nowhere, this giant storm starts coming. And we're going farther and farther out to sea. And uh, we, we notice all these boats that are coming in, but we're going out. And so these massive waves start hitting us and it gets to the point that we know, okay, like this is not okay. We need to, we need to go right now. And so the, uh, uh, the congregation member, he starts turning the boat. And as we turn the boat, this giant wave out of nowhere comes and, and hits our boat. And it actually knocks the boat completely on its side. So I was holding on to the, the railing on the side, sitting down on one of those little fluffy white pillows, right? Little white seats. Um, and I remember, I completely remember when we got hit by that wave, I remember my arm went through the, the cage part and I was literally just like dangling underwater my hand because we were hit so hard by this storm. And I tell you, I'm good with waves. I'm good with storms. That doesn't make me panic until this moment. That's when I had reached my limit. I had reached my personal capacity and I panicked. You know, and like most of us and the disciples, we panic in those moments. It wasn't okay, right, to reach that breaking point. It was, it was too much. It was too much. And that's what the storms of life do to us. They bring us face to face with our own perceived limitations. And that place where if you're not careful, our feelings can take over and make us think that we've got nothing left to give. There's, there's nothing else I can do anymore. I'm done. It's the end. But if I were to be honest with you today, which I'm going to be, usually we get to this place. We get to this place because prayer has become a last resort rather than a first response to the storms of life. I love um, what 2 Corinthians 4, 8, and 9 says. And, and Jesse actually, when we had our prayer time earlier in the, the service, he, compe- he felt compelled to actually uh, pray this, this scripture verse over the, uh, the service. Uh, 2 Corinthians says, We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. We're struck down, but not destroyed. These people that Paul is talking about, these people are men and women of prayer. Although they might be at the end of their rope, they are not at the end of their hope. And that's how we are to live as believers in Christ. When we face storms, although we may be at the end of our rope, and our limitations seem maxed out, we still have hope. We still have hope because we know where our faith lies. It lies in Jesus. It lies in Him. And in the midst of the storm, what you realize is that storms will expose the true nature of your faith. The Bible says 
that Jesus was sleeping. And the disciples went and woke him up saying, Lord, Lord, save us, save us. We're going to drown. You know, another translation in in Mark chapter eight says, don't you care? Jesus, don't you care? And this is a response that I think a lot of us, for those of you who are trying to live a life of faith, to walk in faith, I think this is a natural response that a lot of us can have today where it seems like these storms of life come over us and they overwhelm us. And and it feels like Jesus is asleep. It feels like Jesus is absent in the midst of this storm. And so it's easy for us to respond and say, don't you care, God? Don't you see what's going on in my family? Don't you see what's going on in me? Don't you see what's happening to my friend? How are you allowing this to happen? Don't you love us? Don't you love me? And it's a natural response. But I love what Jesus says in the midst of this. He doesn't get up and say, yep, you're right, my bad. You know, sorry, it's good. We're all good. I've got this one. I was just sleeping, right? Judas is just really struggling right now, right? I feel like he might do something bad soon, right? He wasn't thinking that, right? He gets up and he looks over at them and he says, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Jesus rebuked them for having little faith. They were afraid because they were too earthly minded. Their focus was on their temporal existence and what could be lost. Whereas Jesus' focus is always on kingdom things. You know, and if you really look at the story, if you really look at Jesus' response, it's not so much that he's questioning their faith. It's not that he's questioning the level of their faith, but the object of their faith. He's not questioning the level of their faith. It's the object of their faith. Of course Jesus loves them. Why would he create them? Of course God loves you. Of course he cares about you. And that's what Jesus was saying. Of course I care about you. If only you knew how much I would love or I love you, you wouldn't be afraid in this moment. If only you knew how much I care about you in the midst of the storms of life, you would not be worried. You would not be afraid. In fact, you would be calm in the midst of the storm. We encounter storms of of life like this, like the disciples did, where we feel God can't or won't work. But when we truly know who God is, when we truly know who he is, we realize that he controls both the storms of nature and the troubled heart. And he can calm both. We just need to ask him and never discount his power even in the midst of danger. That in whatever happens, whatever we find ourselves in, his will will be done. You believe that today? And here's the incredible thing about a storm if you let it. Because I know some of you are in storms today. 
is that storms can be your faith-defining moment. It can be your aha moment. It can be that incredible moment where your life is changed forever, where the trajectory of your life is going up. It can be a faith-defining moment. Bible says that he got up after saying this. He gets up and he looks up and he rebukes the wind and the waves and they were completely calm. I love in, in Mark 4, it actually says that Jesus stood up and he just simply said, quiet, be still. And the wind died down and was completely calm. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've ever been in the midst of a storm, especially in, in, in water, in the middle of a storm, it can be hours before the waves calm down. It can be hours, it can be even longer. And yet, when Jesus said just three words, the wind and the waves cease to move. And the Bible tells us that the disciples responded correctly. They, they saw this happen and, and the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now you have to understand that historically, historically speaking at this time, it was believed that the ocean was this uncontrollable beast that no one could tame except God. And yet this man controlled it in three words. And what it did to the disciples and what it does for you and I is it brings us to a place where we must decide who he is. And we must decide how I respond in the midst of storms of life. If, if you believe that, that God isn't real and that Jesus isn't God and that life is random, where we, we live, we do stuff, and then we die, then that's it, right? Why get upset over the storms of life? It's just a bad hand. But if we believe that what he did that day is true, that he calmed it in three words, and if we believe that he is God, we must believe that he is able to carry us through every storm that we encounter, that he is able to give us peace in the midst of chaos, that he will help us in our time of need. And if it's his will, that he will heal us of those sicknesses and ailments and, and diseases. That ultimately, the same God that was able to calm the storms and had the power to do that can have the power to heal, can have the power to see your breakthrough happen today. And this storm gives us a proper perspective of what it means to be a follower of Christ. If I could have the band come up. It gives us a proper perspective of what it means to be a follower of Christ. The storm that day challenged the disciples to entrust their very lives to Jesus. It challenged them to put their thoughts of safety and rescue in the hands of this man and no one else. 
And so our, our response in the midst of storms is not to panic. Rather, it is to pray. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for peace. We're going to pray for wisdom. We're going to pray for healing. We're going to pray for a breakthrough. We're going to pray for opportunities for work. We're going to pray for healing moments. We're going to pray that God would give you wisdom in your times of need. We're going to pray for a breakthrough in your life. And so I encourage you, don't waste this moment. You know, the Bible talks a lot about laying on of hands and and praying for our brothers and sisters. And you know what? You very well, if you wanted to, you could get up, leave this place today and pray on your own and potentially see a breakthrough in your life. It's true. God can do whatever he wants, whether it's in private or public. But... When we come up here, when we say, I need a breakthrough, I need prayer, what's happening is it's not just you anymore. Now you have people that are in your corner that are supporting you and backing you up and praying and standing with you so that you are not alone anymore in the midst of your affliction. And so we're going to come and I'm going to encourage you when we pray Don't be shy. Don't be hesitant. We're going to have a couple people come up and they're going to be praying for you. And we're going to believe for a breakthrough. Whatever that looks like in your life. Amen. And so, Father, we pray with expectation from the sincerity of our hearts for breakthrough this week. We pray for breakthrough. And remember, friends, this isn't a one-stop shop. You saw people who stood up here today. I encourage you in your prayer life, in your personal prayer life, pray for those. Maybe you don't know them personally. But God knows. Pray for them. Or maybe after the service, go up and say, I'm going to be praying for you this week. For your breakthrough. I don't know what it is, but I'll be praying for you. Because we're a family. And that's what family does. And so, Father, thank you for this wonderful day. Thank you for this wonderful day. Thank you for this wonderful day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.